Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Doing great. We got <laughs> we got a very familiar face on, on the show tonight, so uh, so I'm excited. Yeah, no. I got to get good. one of those. I got to get one of those punch <laughs> cards where, like, the 10th the sub is free. <laughs> every time yeah. Grant comes on because on the show man he gets he gets a little little punch card man yeah. like, yes sir yes. man we're greg we're so we're so excited to have you back on uh I've, I've honestly lost count of what it is now but for the fans you guys know third time familiar face man no third time's a charm uh greg from the unsalvageable utah jazz podcast we're we're excited to have you on greg you want to just say a little bit uh to if there's any new listeners new fans a little bit about yourself sure yeah, uh, my name is Greg Foster. I'm the uh, co-host of two podcasts, Unsalvageables, which is a Utah Jazz NBA podcast with uh, Sarah Dodd, who is the beat reporter for the Utah Jazz for the uh, local Deseret News. Uh, I also co-host a, a podcast. It is a culture political podcast called Brigham Young Money with a couple of friends of mine here locally in Salt Lake City. We cover a lot of local and national politics um, from a kind of leftist perspective and um outside of that uh i am a full-time dad and a writer and a bike rider don't forget about the I, bike. I i spend a lot of time <laughs> on my bicycle yes uh, <laughs> well yes, great well, well and on top of all that very knowledgeable nba fan so very happy to have you on greg though today guys uh we got we, we got a couple of things to to talk about and i feel like why why waste any time man uh as long as the fans can just subscribe to our podcast subscribe to unsalvageable podcast i'm gonna leave all that in description down below we could get straight into it man so Guys, the first the first thing we're going to do here is we're going to start with the up or down report. Greg, all this is mm -hmm. I have a couple of topics here and you just tell me if you're up or down on uh, on a topic that I say. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick it off. So are you guys up or down on the Pacers should blow this up and enter full rebuild mode? I, I've always been down on that. I'm down with that because number one, there's a small market team. If a team like the Pacers, you don't really have room, really room to operate. I mean, you're not bringing in any free agents um, that are going to Indiana. You just brought in a new coach and, uh, and Rick Carlisle to really rewrite the ship there. I mean, they had, you know, terrible go of it last season. And the main reason they brought him in was because they want to be title contenders or, perennial you know second round or first round exits is the Pacers I feel like are comfortable with at this point um which is sure it's sh sure if you want to do that but the main reason I'm down with that is just like I said you can't really do much there's not really room to operate if your team small market team like the Pacers so I'm down with that what about you Greg I gotta take the exact opposite approach and I <laughs> I am very up with blowing up this Pacers team I think their ceiling is the absolute worst place you want to be in the NBA. And that is a mediocre team. Absolutely. They simply like the, the, the Pacers have a collection of a bunch of good players. They totally lack star power and they just, they don't have enough to truly be competitive. And again, that ceiling is what, what I mean, what's their ceiling, a, a seventh or eighth seed in, in the Eastern conference and a first round exit every year, where then you miss out on a lottery pick. Absolutely. Every single time. I, 
Yeah. And I, I think that's a terrible place to be. I also have a ton of uh, faith in Rick Carlisle. I think he is a top tier coach and has been for well over a decade, uh, probably going on two decades now. God, he's, he's really incredible. And I think he's the type of coach who could absolutely handle what rebuilds. Um, and I think you could get some nice pieces from guys like Brogdon or Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis. Like that could net you some good players. And like, you could establish a bit of a core there while still being a bad team. I think the, the Pacers right now are like nine and 16 or something. Let me double check real quick. Yeah. They're nine. And yeah. 16. They're nine on and four 16. Game losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I think it's got to be a destroy and rebuild situation because I just don't think at their peak they're good enough to be a contender. And I'm 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 I'm, you know, I'm right there with you, Greg. I, I'm 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 on the up as well, man. I think that you know I even have here on my notes that they have a bunch of good individual trade pieces, mm-hmm. but for the past couple of years we have just seen them first round exits or, or, or disappointing season year after year after year. And it's just, it's just not working anymore, man. And, and I honestly don't want it to turn out like a, a blazer situation, which where, you, you know, you got good players, but you could never really make a serious, uh, a serious run, man. I mean, l- I mean, let's talk about it. They, you know, they have a two-time all-star and some bonus. They have mm-hmm. a, a, a defensive player of the year candidate every year in, in miles Turner, yeah. Ma- Malcolm and Brogdon, they have great uh, a- assets, man, but it, it, together then they just, can't win i mean just just to put into, into some perspective they've only won three more games with all those players than the orlando magic who's a fully rebuilding team man so that's just they've I'm, won I'm, three more games than the oklahoma city thunder wow. who are limiting lou dort's minutes so that they can continue to lose game games so they they can get a, a top three pick like they're they're a bad team and even if you know carlisle and the team writes the ship it's not enough to be competitive especially in the eastern conference you can't tell me that the pacers a fully healthy fully clicking pacers team is going to beat the nets or going to beat the sixers or going to beat the the bulls or the bucks in the playoffs i agree i agree man i I mean drop the bomb and you can't tell me there's not a big there's a huge market for guys like malcolm brogdon you can't tell me a team like the brooklyn nets or the aforementioned uh chicago bulls wouldn't want someone like miles turner that could like miles turner could very well be the missing piece for a team who like i i think like the perfect landing spot for him was somewhere like brooklyn brooklyn needs a big man who can protect the rim especially in the playoffs you put him in you you put miles turner on that team without having to give up one of your stars and like that the the eastern conference landscape changes even more honestly greg you you just said that right now with miles turner and the bulls that a light bulb just went off in my head because that's honestly what the bulls are scary hours (laughs) that's scary hours because that's what the bulls are missing a real big uh defensive presence you know Jay, you know, Jay Hill's been saying that, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been riding high on the bulls for such a long time. And I think they're a great offensive team. They have honestly four to five off. They have five offensive weapons out there in a starting lineup. They're really good, man. But but the defense is, is where we get, where we get scared. And uh, Jay Hill talks about all the time, you know, in the playoffs, that, that rim protection is key miles to wow. Man, Greg, that miles Turner to the bulls just, that the Bulls, you know, somehow. Oh, I would, I would absolutely, if I were the Bulls, try to package some sort of uh, deal centered around Miles Turner and Nikola wow. or Nikola Vucevic. 
that would that would be instrumental for them. I have I have no idea. I'm not a GM. I don't know what their salaries and what it would take. But something like that, if you put Miles Turner on the Bulls, they might be the favorite coming out of the East. Absolutely. I, I honestly, I, I'm. What's up, Jay? Well, oh, I, no, no. I mean, I I think that's a great deal. I think yeah, you. That's the perfect. I've been saying it. The reason I don't think the Bulls are a true contender, they don't have a rim protector. Bringing Miles Turner, yeah, solves your problem <laughs> solves, right away. Solves your problem, Good. absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. So then, you know, while we're on the lines of the Bulls, let's just look, let's keep talking about it, man. Uh, Greg and Jay Hill, talk to me. Are you guys up or down? You know, the Chicago Bulls last night just beat the just beat the number one seed, uh, Brooklyn Nets, and now they're sitting in in the number two seed. Uh, same amount of wins than the than the uh, the Nets, but a game. They lost one more game. Um, but let me ask you guys, are you guys up or down on the Chicago Bulls finishing as a top three seed in the Eastern Conference? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd have to say right now, just the level they're playing at, they have a good chance to be a top three seed in the regular season. Beyond that, they still have the same problem that they've had before, the rim protection. So other than that, no. I mean, they're a top three seed. Yes, I'm up on that. Uh, there's nothing really much to say because they're playing at a high level right now and I don't see that changing. So I uh, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you. I'm very up on that with them being a, a top three seed. I think they're a top three team in the East. I don't know if they're a title contender for that reason that, that Justin said about the, uh, uh, the rim protection. I, I really do worry about that, but they have, you know, so many weapons and I like, I kind of came into the season with a lot of questions about Zach Levine and DeRozan fitting together. Um, Cause I thought that they were kind of molds of the same kind of players. And I have to give DeRozan so much credit for completely just restructuring his game and is now like, he's become one of the best power forwards in the league and like a go-to guy uh, that they can dump the ball to and say, get a bucket in the fourth quarter. Uh, Alex Caruso's playing like one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Zach Levine's taking a leap. Uh, yeah. The, my only question is, is their, uh, their big man. And like, I think Vooch is a nice player, you know, he's an all-star caliber player, but he's not the type of guy that I would want in my, my crunch time lineups in the playoffs when you're facing a team like the bucks or the nets. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you guys as well. I'm, I'm up, you know, I think that the Bulls, uh, I agree with you, Greg, you know, I think that they're a top three team in the, in the East, just the only thing, like I've been saying, man, that, 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 that defensive presence, that rim protection, man. Uh, but you know, Greg, you, you know, you, you, you mentioned the Bucks, you mentioned some of those other top teams in the East. I mean, so let's, let's talk about it, man. You know, we saw, we saw that Brooke Lopez was an instrumental part of the offense and defense uh, for the, for the Bucks to be able to make that finals run last year. But uh, we got, we get the, notifica uh, the notification, the notification, the, that he's going to be out indefinitely with this back injury, which definitely is a concern. And it's mm -hmm. even more concerning when you see that the Bucks went in on signed DeMarcus Cousins, you know, definitely a big, a big drop off from, uh, from Brooke Lopez to DeMarcus Cousins. But are you guys up or down that the Bucks are going to be able to make another serious finals run without Brooke Lopez really at his full health? Greg is showing the thumbs up though. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, just simply Giannis. Uh, Giannis is one, a top five player in the league. We, we've seen what he did despite facing injuries or whatever you want to say, uh, excuses of why he made it to the finals and won last year. He did what he did. He led his group. The team is built around Giannis um, despite 
and they have that next man up mentality. We've seen that uh, with they, what they did last year, Dante DiVincenzo being out, um, other guys missing some time, and they have guys who could step right in, be stars in the role, and that's what they need, and that's what they've been continuing to do, staying afloat despite all the injuries they had with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton being out, um, Brooke Lopez being out pretty much the whole season despite, I think, a half or whatever he played. Um, and Boogie's looking decent. I mean, if he can be serviceable, I think that's all you need. So no reason for me to believe that they won't be factors and make a run again this year in the East. But Greg, how are you feeling about it? Yeah. I mean, let's just play it by the numbers, guys. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks right now are the three seed in the Eastern Conference. They're 15 and nine. Um, and they've done all of this without Brooke Lopez, uh, Chris Middleton missing a, a large number of games. Like they're right in the hunt. They're a game and a half back of the Brooklyn Nets right now. After all of that, one thing that you, we know for certain now with the Milwaukee Bucks, now that they've won the title and got that monkey off their back, they have championship confidence. And you're seeing, you know, ancillary guys, especially like, like Pat, Pat Connison. Every time I watch a Milwaukee Bucks game. Pat Connaughton hits some big shot in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Grayson Allen has carved a niche out or a niche out as a lights out shooter, like which I never thought was going to be the case when the Jazz drafted him. Um, and they just have they just have dudes. And like I know that at this stage of their careers, Brooke Lopez is a notably better player than Demarcus Cousins. Um, but Demarcus Cousins is still a smart, good player. And one thing that I've noticed with him, even these few games that he's been on the, on the bucks, he still demands such attention on the offensive end. And he is an incredibly good passer as a big man. And he's been setting the table up for his, his players left and right. Uh, And I think he's a nice addition. They just went out and signed Wes Matthews as another guy as, as some front court, depth i've always been a big fan of west matthews you know unheralded draft uh, unheralded uh guy who was picked up in the utah jazz who wasn't drafted and then he's carved a niche out uh, in the nba as well like i and then of course you have Giannis, who i will say is a top two player in this league and he's not two I think Giannis is the best, most dominant player in the NBA right now. He may not be the most skilled player. He is far and away the most dominant. He's the most dominant player since Orlando Shaq. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I right agree, there. I would, I would agree with that, yeah. He's a yeah, monster. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. Problem. I'm right there with you, man. He's 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 re- he's really one of those guys. Uh, there's 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 few guys in the league that can say I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna put the team on my back and we're gonna do whatever it takes to win. I mean, we saw it last year in that in in that finals run. So I'm I'm right there with both you guys. I'm, I'm I love that uh, dude. Man, I'm uh, and, and the, the best thing about him is he's just such a humble guy, man. He's just such a and he does all this, and he's just like just found, he just found out the other day about putting Oreos in milk. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do you not know that, man? Just such, he's, such a, he's, he might be the most lovable superstar in sports absolutely, history. Absolutely, absolutely. Like he really, he really is up there. Like, how can you not love this dude who came from like the most abject of poverty in Greece, where the only way that he got like. Uh, a, a croissant for the day was like peddling sunglasses and like other like street vendor items to mm-hmm. now becoming 
the best and one of the most heralded basketball players in the world right now. Like his story is Beautiful. incredible. Um, and he's, he more than anyone else on that, that Bucks team is, he plays with so much confidence and it's so contagious and it's so palpable that I, I mean, I'm, I'm all in on the Bucks until someone proves or they, they prove me, they prove me wrong. And, and he just keeps getting better. You know, people talk so about talk, talk about he can't shoot. He can't shoot. He's really working on that jumper. He's coming down court. If you give him room, he's going to it down. He's just shooting now, man. So that's and he that's wants great, to take man. the shot. That's what's yeah. Too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's unlike a huge, huge ele- that's the, evolution in his game yeah. is that he's not scared of the moment anymore. Right. Man. Right. And he's, he's, he, and he's one of those he's one of those guys now where it's like he could be 0 for 12. He's going to mm-hmm. hit that 13th shot. Yeah. Absolutely. He's that's that confidence, mm-hmm. man. That unwavering confidence. Hey, yeah, Giannis is great, yeah. man. But all right, so so okay, so that, that that was our up or down report. Let's move to our next segment here, and, and this is our a new segment we're introducing mm-hmm. here for the first time. This is called in the next five years segment. So uh, I have I have some topics here, and I'm gonna ask you guys in the next five years who's who's most likely to, and you guys uh, give me your answer. So first one we have here in the next five years, guys, who is most likely to be a league MVP? Evan Mobley or Jalen Green? Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. Okay. okay. I just right I here. literally just watched the, the Jazz play yeah. the Cavaliers yeah. this afternoon. I'm ask, yeah. I I'm so 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 impressed with that kid. He may not win rookie of the year, but let it be known he is the absolute best rookie in that class and Absolutely. the most impactful. Um Kevin Garnett is one of my five favorite players to ever play the game of basketball. Evan Mobley gives me big Kevin or Kevin Garnett vibes like he's that good and that versatile and he really is that the just prototypical NBA big man he can stretch out he can shoot he can put the ball on the floor he can defend all five positions um and to be doing this and have that kind of that versatility in that game as a rookie is incredibly rare and he yeah five years from now he's absolutely going to be in the conversation for MVP. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 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 right there with you, man. Devin Mobley's my guy. Jay Hill. Jay, Jay Hill knows so much about Raven bottom all the time. Man. Yeah. Love him. All right, man. So some so, so uh, let's keep it pushing. In the next five years, who's more which team is most likely to be a playoff team? The Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder? Houston Rockets. What about you, Jay? I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think mm. I, I like what I'm seeing from Giddy. I think Shea, Shea can be – he can be their, their number one, maybe their number two option. I think they need to bring in another star. I don't think Shea can be their n- number one option just from what I've seen from him. Uh, despite closing out the Lakers, there's times where his inconsistencies kind of show um, and – kind of them being relying on he's inconsistent at times where it's kind of hard uh, albeit it's his third or fourth year I believe so it's kind of hard to put weight on that and too much weight on that especially that they're a struggling team um, and a rebuilding team so you can't really put but what I've seen from Giddy the other pieces that they're building there in Oklahoma City I, I'm liking what I'm seeing despite um, compared to the Rockets who are looking kind of disjointed despite their recent success, but I, I'd rather see, uh, I, I believe more in OKC at this point. 
Okay, I I I gotta side with Greg on this one, man. I think I think the Rockets, the Rockets got a lot of great. I mean, both teams has a lot of lots of great young talent, man. But I'm really I'm high on 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 Christian Wood, man. I'm high on what on what Jalen Green and that young core could bring, man. But all right, so let's let's keep it pushing, man. So in the next five years, who's most likely to have a championship? Luka Doncic or Trey Young? I'm going Trey Young. Oh, okay. Not because I think he's the better player, it's because I think he's on the better team. Okay. I think, I, I think yeah. I, I think ahead, the Hawks, I think the Hawks have a larger window right now. That's not to say that like Dallas couldn't make a move and bring some guys in, but when I watch the Mavericks, it's almost always the Luca show. And Trey has, you know, he's got Cam Radish and and Kevin Herter and a a borderline all-star big man and Clint Capella and John Collins. And like, this is a team that, that made the Eastern Conference Finals just a year ago. You know, they're a good team. And I just don't see the same thing uh, with the Dallas Mavericks at all. Okay. What about you, Jay? I think, yeah, I think I agree with Greg. I think Trey, he has more weapons there in Atlanta. Uh, I think Nate McMillan's a better coach, to to be honest, than Jason Kidd. I was just going to say that. Yes. So, so that's those two things in itself are going to make you more likely to win a championship. So, uh, and I honestly believe that Trey's makes his teammates better. Um, Despite Luca not having the weapons, I, I just think Trey has got that, you know, that level, that confidence being to the pinnacle of the Eastern Conference Finals now, and obviously not to the championship. But having that experience, kind of struggling early on, him, he kind of stated uh, before that he playing in that high level basketball, then playing regular seasons, tough to get up to, tough to motivate yourselves. But now finding success. And obviously, we've seen Atlanta surging now that he's been able to get his own shots, but as well as his teammates involved and they're being successful in that. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from Trey right now. Man, I, you know, I, I like I like the perspective that, that that you guys are looking at this from, and I honestly, from that perspective, I honestly agree. You know, Trey Young does have better players around him. He is in a better position to uh, to most likely be a champion in the next five years. But I'm looking at it from a, a little bit of a different perspective. I think that it takes less pieces around Luka Doncic to build the championship team because he just does so much, so much on the court. So that's the, that's the perspective that I'm looking at. And that, so that's the reason that I would, I would go with Luka Doncic, but, uh, but okay. I'll, I, I like that. And then last, last one we have here for this segment is in the next five years, the face, and this isn't no one or two, you let me know whoever is in the next five years, the face of the league will be. I got my answer if y'all not ready. <laughs> Lamelo Ball, go ahead. Lamelo Ball, man, Lamelo Ball. That guy is a star, man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and he is the thing. The thing about him is he's not just a star that just balls out, man. He is a marketable star. You know, that is one thing huge in the NBA. Can you market this person? Is he is he that swagger guy? Do he got the do he got the shine? Do he got the drip? As like the kids like to say nowadays, man. And he has all of that. He is all that and and some more, man. But who, who who you got, Greg? Who you got, Jay? Who, who everyone's ready? John Morant. Ooh. Okay. I like that. John I Morant. love that so much. Every single season we have seen John Morant take a leap. Yes. The Grizzlies are going to be a playoff team this year, as they were last year. Um, 
he just he keeps getting better um and he has so much nasty and he works so hard and he's just he's just has that that it factor as well as like he's a top five cool guy in the nba definitely i mean definitely. the guy tried to put fuck yeah. 12 on his jersey <laughs> like i like he's so incredibly likable like I think overall, he's got all of those same characteristics as LaMelo Mello Ball. He's also a better basketball player. I like that. I like that. It's hard to argue that. I'm honest. I'm not going to lie to you. Jay, I also what, think that the Grizzlies are a better team than the Hornets, and they'll continue to be. Oh, man. That, that I like that. I mean, I respect it. I have to respect it. Jay, well, you got your answer ready? Okay. My, 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 my question, I got a question back to you, is now when you say the face of the – NBA you think it's the most popular player or like the player who's dominating year to year winning MVPs teams possibly winning titles uh I I guess I would say you know uh most popular but not like Alex Caruso most popular you know like most popular but also clearly like uh you could be up there in MVPs every single year okay well if that's that's the case it's John ja, I think it's John ja Moran I agree with Greg on that but I, I think, you know, the most the best player in five or four years is a player who I think is criminally underrated right now, despite coming off the being the reigning MVP. And that's Nikola Jokic. I was Denver. just going to say Jokic. That's such a good answer. Yeah, he's uh, doing it again this year. Twenty six, 13, six, six assists, keeping the Nuggets, despite all the injuries afloat right now, recently, mo most recently against the Knicks. I mean, I just think he's still underrated and he's still doing it on both ends of the floor and just seems like he's just got better after winning an MVP. I mean, I, I just see him progressing and he's only 26, man. I think the sky's the yeah. limit. I, I, there's no question how good he can be, especially at his size, his durability. I mean, he, he's crazy. The Joker at, for sure. Uh, yeah. And five years from now, what he's, he's 31. So he's kind of exiting his prime, mm -hmm. but like he has a game that isn't really, you know, it's not predicated on explosiveness or no. athleticism. Like he's got a game that's going to age very well. Mm -hmm. And I could absolutely see him still being completely dominant in his early 30s. Yeah, I think right. that's a great answer. Great answer, Jay. Let's move, let's move to our next segment here. Uh, you know, one of our favorite segments here. And that's, that's just the games. You know, we're going to talk about some of the games that we saw this week. So I'll go ahead and, and kick it off here, man, with the game that everyone and their mom and their cousin and their dad was watching, man, was – can the Phoenix Suns extend that win streak, man? And that was on, you know, Friday, December 3rd, the Phoenix Suns uh, played the Warriors for, for, for the, the, the second time. And, you know, what's funny is when the Suns were at a 14-game win streak, you know, I, I told Jay, I was like, Jay, you know, they have, they have some, they have some uh, tough, uh, they have a tough schedule coming up. They have the, they have the Knicks and have the Nets and have the Warriors and the Warriors again. And, and I, I called him, I called him and I called it that they were going to win all those games and they were going to lose at this, at this last one. And, 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 and that's exactly what happened, man. I mean, we saw, uh, we saw the fun, the, the fun, the Suns face uh, a, a very good uh, Warriors team on a, on a back-to-back -back night, you know, no, no D book. And then Mikhail Bridges goes out, you know, six minutes into the game with a, with, with a dislocated finger, man. And, and, and I say all this to take nothing away from the Warriors, man, because the Warriors had, you know, definitely a, a great, a great team effort, man. They have five players or more that they had five players score 15 points or more, man. And two of those five players, you know, being, being bench players, man, you know, the Warriors were just, were just getting to their spot, hitting, hitting their shots, you know, it's, 
you know it's your night to win when 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 J, uh, Juan Cano Anderson scores a season high 17 points. Gary Payton the second scores a season high 19 points, man. And that dunk, oh my God, let's talk about that dunk, man. Ooh, so, ooh. Like he dunk dunked on a Nerf hoop. Cold. <laughs> My the God. way he the way he threw it over, man. I'm 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 honestly seeing some considerations for dunk of the year. The way he, his body contorted in there just, was was just a great game, man. But you Ugh. know, I would I would be remiss. I'd be remiss if I'm you know I'm talking about the game and I didn't talk about my boy. I mean, you see him right here. This is a Timberwolves jersey, but my boy A Wiggs, man, was definitely out there doing his thing. Came out early and really gave the Warriors you know that uh, that that push. You know, had 19 points. Uh, on 50% from the field, 42% from, from three. And it just, it just makes, you know, when he's contributing this way and, eff- and effectively like this, it makes it very hard uh, to be able to, to, to be able to beat that team, man. The Warriors shot, shot 48% from three, man. But we got to ask Jay. Jay, as the Warriors expert here over here on the pod, how did you feel? Uh, what, were, what were some thoughts you had from, from, the, from the Warriors side of things? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first of all, Steph is their catalyst. He's their guy. Um, he had an awful night, arguably, I, John, I told you earlier, one of the worst games of his career uh, in Phoenix two nights before, or yeah, two or three nights before. And then he came back and he, he was a bit of himself. He didn't play particularly his best game, but kind of a mediocre or just a regular game from him. And then it was just a simple recipe of what the Warriors have, how, the way they've, multiple ways they've been winning. But just they showed off their depth and they were able to flex that, especially at home. And one of the things that's obvious in the NBA role players and their performance at home compared on the road. And that's exactly what the Warriors role players. They played great. They're stars in their roles from Gary Payton to JTA um, to Damian Lee coming back. Um, all, all provided help off the bench. And that's what you need um, to win, especially against the team of the caliber of the Phoenix Suns. And that's uh, exactly what they did. And they were able to neutralize DeAndre Ayton, someone who torched them um, the first time around. And he's despite scoring one point more, but it was just an ineffective 24 compared to the 23 that he scored and did damage uh, in Phoenix two nights before. So it was a little tweaks of Draymond being more aggressive, the role players stepping up, and Steph being more like himself. So those were the three factors and why they were successful at home. Greg, you took how do you take a race from that game, Greg? Yeah, I think it's going to be an awesome seven-game series in May. <laughs> Man, that is going to be a, a crazy. That's going to be. <laughs> they're the, they're the two. They're two. They're the two far and away best teams in the NBA. Wow. And I really hate admitting that. Like it sucks wow. shit as a Jazz fan to like have to say that. <laughs> But like they're 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 so good and they're so deep and they have star power and like I just don't see any other teams in the Western Conference competing with them. Like, I mean, granted, there are 60 games left in the season and like things can change. But if I'm surveying the landscape right now, like that's your NBA finals. They're head and shoulders. I mean, they're head and shoulders. The Suns and the Warriors are the two best teams. And like, um. I don't know how much stock you can take in that in that second game. I thought it was a great win, obviously, snapped the win streak for for Phoenix. But again, when you have two of the the Suns three best players out, four best players yeah. out, uh with Mikhail Bridges and especially D Book, like I don't necessarily think it devalues the win, but uh it, it certainly changes things. And I mean, 
at the same time, it's a regular season game. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a playoff matchups with those two with everything on the line. Cause those teams are really good, man. They're really, really good. And I'm, I'm eating a lot of crow on the warriors. Cause I didn't think that they were going to be this good. I thought they'd be a playoff team, but I didn't think they'd be, you know, what are they 19 and four right now? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think I'd with, with clay and James Wiseman coming back. Like, yeah, they're, they're so good. Um, yeah. I mean, realistically, Greg, you know, just to hop on board with you, I don't think anyone thought they'd be this good. No. You know, like this good, number one seed, this good. I don't think anybody really expected that. I didn't think they'd have the cohesion. I didn't think they'd have the, the chemistry of like bringing along the new guys. I didn't think guys like Jordan Poole and Toscano Anderson and Damian Lee would take this jump. And you're seeing the same thing now with the Phoenix Suns. You're seeing those ancillary players, the campaigns, the Cameron Johnsons, the Mikhail Bridges. All of those guys have gotten better from last season too. And like the level of play, like that was that, that first game, even with D book going out, like it's one of the best regular season games I've seen in a long time from, from execution to focus to just the sheer amount of talent on the floor. It was a joy to watch beautiful, beautiful basketball. Absolutely. That was a beautiful basketball game, but Jay talk talk to us about some of the games that you, uh, you highlighted and stuff from this week. Yeah, and just real quick to talk quickly about that. Uh, in terms of the Warriors, and you know, we talked about mentioned the cohesion. Uh, th- this has really been kind of a two-year, three-year process. I mean, obviously, the year that they were the worst team in the league, Jordan Poole was a rookie on that team, as well as Damian Lee, and mm-hmm. those guys were getting really experiential minutes. You know, playing, starting, playing those minutes, getting their asses kicked, albeit, but getting that experience in their first year. Uh, is you, you can't really trade that for anything. Then you push it to net la- the this past year where they were on you know one game away from making the playoffs. But all those guys, Juan Toscano Anderson, Gary Payton the uh, second, Jordan Poole was you know started in the G League and then halfway moved back to the team. Got all that got all that experience. Um, so those are three pieces this year who they, they've been building the past two years. And that's why we're kind of seeing the cohesion, not to mention bringing Andre Godala back. So a little it's bit huge. about that. Yeah. So it's, it's been kind of a process as well. So, um, but, but yeah, no, and we're starting to see the, the fruit of their laborers now. So uh, hopefully that continues, but anyways, the game I have to talk about is, uh, you know, unfortunately is the Nuggets and the Knicks, um, the New York, the New York Knicks and, and the Denver Nuggets. More about <laughs> the Knicks stink. <laughs> the Knicks who. Bum-ass Knicks, man. They yeah. make me so mad. I had so much stock in them early in the season. <laughs> me too, Greg. I, I think everyone did, man. I mean, Greg, we, we talk about a team who, let's, let's go to the numbers. And, and since we we're talking numbers earlier, a team who was the fourth ranked defense last year, who had this year. Has they can't guard anyone. Number 24. They can't guard anyone. They're not getting stops. A team who's always prided, prided their, themselves on defense. We saw them, uh, Thibodeau, making the change of moving Kemba Walker out of the rotation. We saw last uh, on last yesterday that didn't work. Um, Julius Alec Randall Burks isn't the, a point guard. Man, yeah, making all the excuses in the world. I um, love Alec Burks. I, I am yeah. Alec Burks' hive. He was Jordan Clarkson on the Jazz before Jordan Clarkson was on the Jazz. He's not a point guard. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they, I, I just think they're just have the guys in the wrong positions. 
Um, I, I still don't, I don't, I, I'm wondering why Kemba's out of the rotation. Honestly, you brought him, you paid him all that money. You brought him over to be the starting guard. So you're not giving them opportunity. They need Derrick Rose back um, to be in, in starting. I think, I think they're going to have to rely on Derrick Rose to start. Emmanuel quickly is not a point guard either. So he's more of a two guard in my opinion, mm-hmm. but this just was a story of all the struggles we've seen um, of the Knicks. You know, they brought in, uh, Evan Fournier, he wasn't the right answer. It's looking like um, he, he's not a defensive-minded player either. Um, so he's getting torched. Um, and then this was just another dominant performance from the Joker. That's what I saw in this game. With Despite not having the pieces, not having the weapons, he turns his, his teammates into weapons. He makes everyone around him better. That's why I think, you know, to answer your question, John, that's why I thought he's going to be a player of the future because we've seen him doing it with this little – this little piece is when he gets his guys back, when he gets Jamal Murray back, hopefully Michael Porter Jr. can play basketball again. Like, I mean, I don't know what his health is yeah, like. Who even man, who knows? The, the Nuggets. He secured the bag, right? At least, yeah, he, yeah. At least he got paid. <laughs> I feel <laughs> bad for the Nuggets. He, he stole some money. I don't know, man. But Shard Lewis all-star right there. Right, right. Just <laughs> takeaways from that game. Knicks don't know what they're doing. Uh, they got a lot of questions to answer there blow it up i don't know what they gotta do they just need to change things and fast because you know new yorkers aren't, aren't rocking with that and then the nuggets joker he's a problem he's a beast another mvp campaign in my opinion wow man yeah great yeah, that 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 honestly was a, a a great breakdown of the game jay you know the only only thing i want to add is for, for the for the nuggets man you know they really have some huge bench uh uh point they have some huge huge bench help you know having scoring 43 points off the bench you know and just and, and and just like how you said, Jay, you know, it's it, it's Jokic getting all of the all of his players involved, man. I mean, we saw the Denver Nuggets go on on the I think it was I believe it was four or five game losing streak when Jokic was out, and now that he's back on, you know, people just have no doubts, no questions about the about the Denver Nuggets. So just an absolute dominant performance from the Nuggets. And like how Greg's been saying, man, what are the Knickerbopper? What are the Knickerboppers doing, man? They are they are ruining the they show. Stink. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're bad, man. But uh, I also want to just go on record and say that I really like Julius Randle. He's not a number one option, and they got to get somebody in there to be a number one option if they really ever want to make that leap. Facts. Absolutely. It's true. I think that he, I I think what Julius Randle has been able to do in reinventing his career and becoming an all star and becoming an all NBA player uh, cannot be overstated. Like, never saw this coming out of Julius Randle. But his ceiling is not a number one option. He'd be an incredible number two. If he could play the Robin role on a team, who knows what that team would look like. Yeah, but I think that ceiling would be really high. But uh, Mm -hmm. we're seeing right now that he's not a number one option. Absolutely, man. Yeah, uh, it's upsetting to see that from Julius Randle, you know, because the Knicks and a lot of the NBA put a lot of stock into him, man. But but all right, man. So, uh, Greg, is there there any games that you want to highlight from this week? We got to talk history, right? Let's talk some history, man. I already know what you're talking to talk about, my guy. One fifty-two to seventy-nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, man, that was a bro. Oh. I have played on some dog shit rec league teams <laughs> with a bunch of guys who like look like Stanley from The Office dribbling, <laughs> and like. We never lost by 73 points. You have to actively try to lose by 73 yeah. points. That is that bad. And this was a game sans John Morant. Man, oh my gosh. That I mean, 
uh, honestly, there, there there really isn't much analysis and much to give much to talk about that man. Honestly, John you got to move the franchise back to Seattle, man. Just get, get hey, they didn't have Giddy and uh, Shea though, so we'll give them a little a little. Slack, know, no, you got to you got to give them both yeah. Paulu and Chet. <laughs> they, got, they deserve two number one picks after that ass whipping, man. Facts. That's like yeah, that doing. Was, it's like let's like going twelve rounds of sparring with prime Mike Tyson, man. Like that, that beating. Was, there's got to be a bag at the end of that. Like that. There's got to be some sort of pot of gold at the end of that shitty rainbow. Yeah, that that was bad, man. Just a, a complete dominance performance <laughs> from the Grizzlies. The entire game, zero lead changes, zero times the game was tied, man. Just every single quarter outscored them by fifteen, twenty or more, man. So. Just a very, very embarrassing place. It's like It's like when the WW or WCW would just, like, feed, like, one of their new up-and-coming wrestlers to, like, Goldberg. Like, prime <laughs> Goldberg. And, they, and, like, the match would be over in, like, 15 seconds. It's like that Brock oh, Lesnar. It's like that Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match at uh, that pay-per-view. Was that WrestleMania? I don't know. I, I, I stopped watching <laughs> wrestling a long time ago, but I did watch that one. I forgot which, like which match that was but anyway that's my uh that's my i comparison. think i might have been wrestlemania I, I feel you i used to watch a lot yeah. of wwe greg i'm right there with you <laughs> but all i right, fucking man. love that grizzlies team so much hey, i love that, that team, team so, so good, they're man. deep too yeah. every single every single time i watch the grizzlies play i think about how dennis Lindsay drafted yudoka Azabuke over desmond bain and then i take a shot <laughs> Desmond yeah. Bain, that's that's exactly what I was about He's to say. He's so good. Greg. Desmond, I love that kid. Desmond Bain has been really like just like uh j- j- just like players like Grayson Allen, who's been carving himself a role in the team. That's exactly what Desmond Bain's been doing on that team, man. He's just, nails, he's, man. He's tough. Hit shots, defends. Yeah, he's a good like ancillary kind of like uh secondary ball handler. I got nothing but good things to say about him. I wish he wasn't, you know, I wish he was playing for the Utah Jazz, like he should have been. <laughs> Yeah, literally, literally cost Dennis Lindsay his job. Yeah, t- t- and just real quick to touch on that, I actually got to see um, the Raptors and Grizzlies play, and I, the one thing I just I saw in that game, Greg. Uh, number one, I love the Grizzlies too. I mean, they knocked us out and and the lot us the Warriors out in in the playing game last mm-hmm. year, but just Dylan Brooks. That, that he doesn't mo- stop. He's a maniac. He's so oh, he's so he's a tough. maniac. The, the, whole, the whole the whole time he was in the game, he was in Fred Van Vliet's shirt the entire game. Did not let him touch the ball. Won them the game basically. Him and the uh, the Anthony Melton just face guarding the whole game, not mm-hmm. allowing him to get any clean looks. Uh, took him completely out of the game, and then Desmond Bain was killing too. So t- two guys that I saw in that game. And, and just, I felt like the Grizzlies, there's times when the Raptors were close, but I just felt like they had the game to control the whole game. There was yeah, three points, never, never felt like they were going to lose that game, honestly. You know, and I've watched quite a bit of Grizzlies, you know, especially with the Jazz playing them in the playoffs. And that's developed a little bit of a rivalry as well as they're just like, they're my league pass team. They never stop. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if they're up 30 or they're down 30. They play hard. Like they, I don't know if there is a team who enjoys kicking another team's ass more than the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they just go out there, they got a big old womp and stick, and they're just going to hit people over the head with it for four quarters. Yeah. And I, I, 
it, like it's super frustrating as a jazz fan because you're just like why won't you die you know the jazz <laughs> jazz yeah. blue jazz jazz the other day had that you know they, they blew a, a six-point lead with 93 seconds left and had that triple j three-pointer and like that's just the perfect example of how the grizzlies play they just never stop it's like watching ricky hatton when he used to box you know even if yeah. he's getting pummeled he's still just going to come straight at you eating them absolutely man yeah the grizzlies they 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 don't stop man and that and that starts at the top with john moran we know how he's non-stop man but all right i'm so, so yeah. i'm so happy that it was just a knee sprain man yeah, man. when the, when Lee he when he when he limped off, you know, granted, I didn't go to medical medical school, you know, I barely got my bachelor's degree, but um, <laughs> feel you, feel you. But uh, when he limped off the court, and I saw the replay, I looked at my wife, and I was like, he just tore his Achilles, mm. and like heart just sank, and then like Woj the next day tweets out it's a knee sprain, and like. Every single like prayer emoji I could send out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it was even scary because like John had like tweeted like after like oh it's in God's oh it's in God's hands. Now, that that made it scary. Mm-hmm. That everything. was that such was, like, an Whoa. ominous tweet, man. That yeah. scared me so bad. Yeah, I can't absolutely. wait till he's back on the court. There's not a more electric player in the league. Facts, facts. I'm right there with you, Greg. But all right, man. So then, so l- l- let's move to our our last segment that we have here, and this is new segment called rate your worry uh that basically what i'm going to do here is i'm going to talk to you about uh some some key players uh for some in, some important teams trying to make a playoff push in their injuries and i'm going to tell you what their injury is and i want you to rate your worry one out of ten for them are you guys cool with that yep all right let's yep. do it man so for the chicago bulls we have alex caruso who just went out with a with a hamstring and we got kobe uh kobe white who's uh now out with the, with covid uh, protocols uh one one out of ten what's your what's your guys' uh worry for the chicago bulls missing those two players uh probably about a three okay i think that they're both nice players and i think that you know i think alex caruso is probably going to make an all defensive team this year but he's not one of their like core guys you know yeah, i would be yeah. i would be much more worried if it was DeRozan and levine out or DeRozan and Lonzo Ball out. But I think they can weather the storm of having a couple of ancillary guys out. Absolutely. Jay, what about you? I'm I'm more of a I'm lower on Kobe, like like three, two or three on Kobe White. Um, but but Alex Caruso, I'm like six or seven, man. I think he's one of their Greg, you mentioned it, one of their premier defenders. And anytime you're missing a guy like that who can check the other team's best guard uh all uh Stephen Curry's of the world like who can get in those guys and and make their life more difficult to do the dirty work that your guys like Lonzo um Damar and Zach Levine don't need or don't want to do or you don't want them wasting that energy on defensively uh he's the guy you insert into the lineup he's your energy guy he can make the right pass right decision um and, and I think he's huge missing a guy like that your six are Sometimes he's even starting. Six men are starting. So I think that's going to be a big piece they're missing, especially look at uh, Patrick Williams, one of their other premier defenders being out. So I think that's going to hurt more than that uh, helps him being out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there in the middle, of, you know, both of you guys. I'm, I'm at about like a five because, you know, like how Jay Hill said, Alex Crusoe being such a vital part of that, uh, of that you know, that, that backcourt defense. He actually leads it in the NBA in steals right now. And then Kobe White, you know, it, not the, not the biggest factor, but 
you know, definitely one of those players that when he when he, when he gets hot, he really could get hot, you know, off the bench as a great shooter. So I'm right there in the middle, man. But all right, let's keep it pushing, man. Let's talk about the Hornets who just went out with basically the whole team with the COVID protocols. That's LaMelo, Terry Rozier, Jalen McDaniels, and Mason Plumlee. Uh, it's a good amount of your team. <laughs> the best two players in your backcourt. Uh, what's your guys' worry for the uh, Charlotte Hornets? Eleven. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're missing five, your five best. alarm fire. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like Lamelo Ball. I mean, you're missing your best player, your most important player, right there. I mean, I'd be extremely worried. I hope he's out or he does. You know, the tests. He can get the LeBron treatment. I mean, I don't know. Whatever he can do to get back on the floor, somehow beat the system. So get the negative know. test. That's yeah, all negative. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. Whatever LeBron did, Lamelo needs to do it, man. Um, so he can be test. back on the floor. He's got to get that. He's got to get that German doctor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it's goes without saying. Eleven. I mean, you, you need Lamelo ball on the floor for the Hornets. And Who's going to score points for the Charlotte yeah. Hornets right now? Man, Are they going to have like? Is Gordon Hayward going to play one through five? <laughs> Man, we're gonna need to see a lot from Gordon Hayward and uh, and Miles Bridges, man. But I'm I'm right there with you, Jay. I am um, scale is broken of my worry because without Lamelo, they seem to have a lot of uh, a lot of trouble finding any offense, man. But all right, so let's uh, let's keep it pushing, man. Let's talk about another team that's missing a, a lot of players, man. And that's and, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. You know, we see DeAndre Hunter go out with that wrist injury. Trey Young uh, is is questionable uh, with his quad injury. Kevin Herter also a quad injury, and and Cam Reddish with with some illness, man. So a good chunk of their players. Uh, what's your guys' rate uh, scale worry? With all those guys out, I mean, uh, Trey Young being out. Yeah, like so, questionable. 10? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty high. Ten. It's another ten, eleven. Another ten. Yeah, like, like that's he's, that's he's, really really bad. Yeah, I mean he's the he's what the what the uh, hawk makes the hawk tick. I mean they're not like, winning shit without yeah. Trey Young. Trey Trey is Trey is to the Hawks as Lamelo is to the Hornets. I mean you need him in the lineup to be to win games. I don't know. Well, that and then you've got like a couple of your better like role players out too, and right. Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter. Like mm-hmm. those are guys on any given night who can give you 20, 30 points and play good defense and you know exactly. and, and and contribute in multiple ways. And like mm-hmm. you know, that's what makes the Atlanta Hawks so so dynamic and so dangerous is that they just have you know they're that that they're that prototypical mode of they just have a bunch of guys who range between like six five and six nine who can do everything. And when you lose that dynamism, like we saw that with the Utah Jazz in the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. like you use you you lose that dynamism and you become completely one dimensional. And you know they you lose what makes you lose your identity is ultimately what happens. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's a scary thing for the for the Atlanta Hawks, like. Yeah, they're not winning anything if those guys are out um, yeah. for long periods of time. Absolutely, I'm 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 right there with you guys. Very very high uh, wor- uh scale for me on the on on the worry scale. And okay, so let's let's keep it pushing, man. Let's talk about uh, another another important player to a very important team, and that's Joe Harris for the for the Brooklyn Nets, man. You know he's gonna need ankle surgery. He's gonna be out for some time. Definitely gonna uh, I don't know if it's be able to come back by the end of the se- uh, by the end of the season. So, what's your guys' scale for Joe Harris and his ankle injury? 
I was already a little nervous for Brooklyn. I know they're the number one seed and it's hard to nitpick a team that's playing this well, who has Kevin, you know, Kevin Durant on their team. Um, But I don't think, I think the Nets are a very top heavy team where they have, you know, elite top tier talent, but you know, it, it really drops off with their role players. And Joe Harris is one of their better role players. And like, you know, he's always in what the top 10 when it, when it comes to three pointers made and three point percentage, like he's a super valuable part of, of what they do. And losing someone like that is, is big for them. Like you're putting even more pressure on Kevin Durant and, and James Harden, who has not had a good season thus far. Um, to to deliver and like you know that load on their shoulders is only getting bigger and you know Kyrie's not coming back anytime soon so uh, it's uh it's concerning man I would put that about a seven or eight I or no what's that you cut out you cut out you are are you are you that high on uh, on a seven or eight scale or, or how are you feeling Joe Harris Oh, yeah, I'm right up there with Greg. I think he's a huge piece you're missing out on. Uh, the shooter, he's also underrated defender at times, too. I mean, he, he can check, you know, your second or, or first option at times um, whenever you want to throw him. He's a physical player, and they're going to be missing that. Uh, he, he, you're putting more pressure. Like, like Greg said, you, uh, the beard has not been performing. I feel like a lot of times he's deferring to KD. And I feel, feel like that's getting in his head, like whatever, for every reason it's affecting his effectiveness, his confidence. Uh, to I've got a, a, I've got a take. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Greg? I didn't mean, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. But the like, world is finally finding out that James Harden is a pretty mediocre shooter mm-hmm. and has been his entire career. What he's been the best at is baiting people into fouls. Like he really turned it into an art. There's never been a better grifter in the history of the NBA than James Harden. And when you change the rules and he has to actually rely on that mediocre jumper, we're seeing those numbers slide. He's also on the wrong side of 30. This is not MVP caliber James Harden anymore. Like he's a bit older and like that, that drop was going to come sooner or later. And it, it came sooner. Like he's still, don't get me wrong. He's still a fabulous player. And he's still the type of guy who can, who can drop 40 points on any given night. Um, but I, I just don't think he's the, the same guy that he was. It's a, it's a, it's a natural, natural progression in his game. And it's going to be interesting to see how he can come out of it. And, and if he can actually kind of overcome his, his free throw trips being cut almost in half now. Yeah, no, I mean, Greg, that's a fair take. And also, it's one thing being on the, uh, the wrong side of 30, and it's another thing not taking care of your body it, and not, not taking care of your body and not making the right decision. I don't I'm, I have to make an assumption James Harden isn't taking care of his body. I mean, he doesn't exactly seem yeah. like a, like, yeah, he doesn't really seem like <laughs> the, the guy, type of guy who's like, you know, going for for 5 a.m. Dead, or deadlift sessions. Uh, he's just a, showing up the gym ready to play. I mean. Yeah. other than that he's not putting in i don't know man i don't know doesn't, it doesn't seem to yeah, i don't know doesn't i don't seem know James to. He could that be. way but yeah yeah does he doesn't give me that vibe right 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 body type his body frame doesn't uh doesn't doesn't make doesn't make it look like me you hashtag big guard <laughs> big guard <laughs> big body guard man 
All right, man. So, all right, so then let's go on our last player here for uh for your rate to worry scale. We were just talking about him. Um, at least it's nothing crazy. At least it's no ACL or MCL, you know, tear. But John Morant, you know, uh, the the thing that actually gives me a little bit of concern is that there is no timeline. Uh, I don't believe the Grizzlies that came out with the timeline with Jaw's return and Jaw being such an instrumental piece to that Grizzlies team, making them run, making them go. What's your guys' uh, worry? Uh, what would you guys uh, your worry for a player like jaw who's pretty explosive um it's it's a little bit concerning but he's also young he's spry he's hungry um so I, I i'm not too concerned for that reason and i think he's just wants more he wants to be the best um he wants a championship he wants the best out of his teammates so for that reason i, I can't really have much doubt but i mean it is a question mark but I'm not too worried about it at the same time. So probably like a four on that, yeah, on that scale. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm about a three or four for all the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the reasons you mentioned he's, he's young, you know, young bodies heal. He mm-hmm. didn't tear anything. And while I, you know, there's no timeline for his return. I think, you know, we've seen other teams do this as well. And you're kind of, you know, keeping it close to the chest. And I think it's just out of a complete abundance of caution. Plus, why would you let the entire league know, like when your best player is coming back and like, and then from a team perspective, Grizzlies are still winning games. Mm-hmm. They're still and like the, and you get your best player back. And obviously that's going to elevate your play even more. So uh, I'm definitely not hitting the panic button when it comes to jaw, I think he'll come back and he'll be fine. And he'll, you know, still try to dunk on every seven footer in the league. I'm, I'm right there with you guys, man. I'm, I'm right there. I about like a five only because uh, there is no, uh, no timeline on John Moran. That's one thing that makes me worry. But then again, because they're still getting it done, man. And you know, they're, they're at a four game win streak right now. So no, uh, no, no reason to hit that panic button. Like Greg said, man, but all right. So then let's just go ahead and just, no transition to me and Jay favorite segment here, our last segment, and that's just the player of the week, man. So uh, I don't know if you guys got your player of the week ready and pull it up, but I already got mine. Uh, Jay, you want to go first, or you want me to you want me to kick it off here as player of the week? Go, go right ahead. Do you got do your thing, man. My player of the week. Oh, Greg, uh, Greg I'm hoping somebody <laughs> from the Utah Jazz, but Greg, I gotta go with somebody else, man. I gotta go with Trey Young, man. I've always been balling in the last ten games, uh, twenty eight points of the game. Nine assists, five rebounds, one steal, shooting fifty percent from the field, man. Mind you, he's like six foot, six two, uh, shooting forty two uh, percent from from the three and eighty eight percent from the free throw line. Just being extremely aggressive, man, and really and really be able uh, to get to his spots, man. And just it's impressive because he came off to that slow start, but was able to figure out and pick it up, man. So that's who I got my player of the week. Uh, Jay, are you ready, or you want me to kick it to, to Greg? Kick, kick it to Greg. Kick it to Greg. Yeah. Player of the week. If we're just going this week, it's Donovan Mitchell. Jazz went three and zero. He put up thirty something points a game, about five or six rebounds and five or six assists while shooting well over fifty percent from the field. You know, and he beat. He just he came back uh, against the Celtics and got a win where he was just completely dominant in the fourth quarter. Um, and then dominated down the stretch again with uh, against the Cavaliers. That's back-to-back playoff teams as well. Um, I know I'm sh- I'm I'm waving my home flag and I'm going to continue to. But uh, he was he was lights out this week, man. You can't n- numbers don't lie. You know he got three W's and was the best player on the court all three games. Donovan Mitchell. 
sliding numbers or don't. So I'm right there with you, man. Jay, who's your who's your player of the week this week? Yeah, my guy who who Greg obviously got to see um, front hand and center. This guy who has his team who up until tonight had his team on a four game win streak, and that's Darius Garland. Um, He's he played so great. good, man. Uh, he he is so crafty, John. I, I love that dude for the show. He's crafty, um, and we've just seen him be able to shine with Colin Sexton out of the lineup. I think I don't, I never thought that that court would work out, and we're just seeing them playing at an extremely high level without him. But not to talk about him uh, too much. 31 points uh, tonight against Utah. It's a great defense. Um, leading them almost to a win, missing the buzzer beater. 32 the night before. And the thing that speaks up, and then 16, seven assists, um, one, one steal, four steals the other night too. He's just getting it done on both ends of the floor. And the thing that speaks out to me is just his efficiency, shooting 50%, uh, sorry, excuse me, 56% um, from the field in the last three games, and he, he's been playing great basketball for, for the Cavs, so that's my player of the week. His poise and, and just his confidence, like, it's, it's so well beyond his years. But can you tell yeah. me who he lost to today? Your player <laughs> yeah. of the week! <laughs> he lost to the player of the week, yeah. <laughs> lost to the player of the week, man. I love you, Greg. I love it. Can man. I go on record and say I – absolutely adore that cleveland Cavs team oh they're, they're fun as hell man and yeah. like they're gonna be really good really soon mm. they got a lot of good pieces and they kind of are in that like transition like take your lumps they're kind of where the grizzlies were a couple years ago that mm-hmm. same kind of trajectory and i think they even have the pieces to be better than the grizzlies because i think again oh, like yeah. evan mobley is gonna be in a, a perennial all-star uh mvp candidate garland is going to be a perennial all-star like who knows when what happens when sexton comes back next season if they move him they could probably get some pieces mm-hmm. i don't know like they're good i also think that there's a huge marketing opportunity and how we're not calling Lori marketing big ass shotgun <laughs> is tragic that could be the coolest nickname in basketball oh uh. And and they got it like the third coming of Jesus Christ over there, Ricky Rubio, man. So I love Ricky. Come Ricky. back to Utah, Ricky. We miss you. <laughs> Utah needs a backup Ricky, point man. guard. You're so oh, handsome. Man. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, all right. Well, well. Th- th- this is the perfect place for us to go ahead and uh, and uh, and wrap it up here, man. Greg, we just we just want to thank you, you know, so much for coming on the pod, man. You know, three times. It's always three so much times. fun. It's always so much fun three to times. have you on, man. So, uh, so for all, all the fans, man, you know, if you guys want to go, make sure you guys go follow Greg and, and stay up to date with everything that Greg has got going on, everything with, 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 with his kitchen remodel, man, everything with, with his bike, man, everything with the Utah Jazz Unstoppable Podcast, man. I'm going to leave everything in the description down below. Do not forget to go check Greg out, man. And Greg, you got any last words to say here before we sign up? Uh- that's it. I mean, that's really it. Listen to Unsalvageables. Listen to Brigham Young Money. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at DadShamDad. Man, all that will be in the description down below. Hey, Jay, you got any last words before we sign off here? Nah, Greg. Clutch Talk legend. Clutch Talk guest legend. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, you so much for having me on, man. This anytime, is always fun. Anytime, anytime. Anytime. Yes, sir. All right, boys. All, all right, y'all. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.